I'm Tom Cavanaugh, and you're listening to the Flash Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Flash Podcast, your podcast for all things to CW The Flash, starring Grant Gunson as Barry Allen, aka The Flash. I'm your host, Andy B, as always, and with me are my whole amazing Flash Podcast family, Andrew, Tatiana, and Swara. How are you guys doing today? I'm in shock and disbelief that we're all here together at once. <laughs> I know. Are we in another universe? Wow. <laughs> You're all inside my brain. Ooh, uh, my gosh. Oh, no wonder. That means, I can, <laughs> that means I can finally find out what his middle name is. Oh. Uh, uh, no, that's the one secret you can't. See, see you, you know... Like, you see, locked that one away? See, I'm so desperate that like, that's literally what I would... Like, if I were to go into someone's mind, like, like Andrew's, I would just go... And, like, and if I didn't know their middle name, that's all I would look for. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I would... Not... Why immediately the middle name? What intrigues you so much about it? Because it makes me so frustrated when he refuses to say where it is. I'm like, what is the damn big secret behind it? I mean, it's obviously what the B stands for. It stands for bald. It's, it stands for... I think it stands for Barry, and he doesn't want to admit that he is actually more attached to the Flash than we are. Uh, Andrew, I respect you, but if you did actually name yourself after a fictional character... I might actually lose a bit of respect for you, but well, well, I mean, um, it's your it, life, I'm, your choices. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be him who who named him. It would have been his parents. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Andrew wasn't like when he was a baby was like you know yeah this is the name I want because one thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna love this character. No, I was actually this, this born. Is, this uh, is an extremely weird headcanon, by the way. Yes, uh, officially, technically, I was born Eobard. But I, it doesn't. I don't like the sound of it. So, so you're, you're so, so now you're called Harrison. I, you are not getting my secret from me. Ugh. Her, his name's Sherlock, obviously, with a French pronunciation. <laughs> oh, who knows? Maybe for the two hundredth, as we will find, we'll finally find out. As being up the two hundredth episode. Oh, what a great segue! Uh, for, the 200 episode of the Flash Podcast is happening this weekend as uh, we're f- celebrating for, perhaps the podcast's biggest milestone ever. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll make it to 300 episodes. We, it's all, it all depends on the powers to be. But uh, this weekend, we're going to be recording our 200 episode, and we're still taking uh, your emails and tweets and so on, like in terms of if you have any favorite moments of the Flash Podcast, what the podcast has meant to you, and you know what connects you, what, what you know what is your biggest connection to the Flash TV show and all that. Send them at the Flash Podcast on Twitter or email the Flash Podcast We want we we're going to read as many as possible, so just send them. Because you know, I mean, who knows if 
if we don't make it to 300, then 200 is going to be the biggest one ever. So this is your chance. So send them in. Uh, you can, uh, like I said, tweet us, uh, email us, and uh, we will read, you know. Because we, you know, here's the thing. The bottom line is that this podcast, and even all the podcasts on DC Podcast Network, would not be possible without you listeners. If there weren't no listeners, there's no, there would be no shows. So, you, we want you to be part of this, ep, you know, epic versary as as you know as as much as possible because we're here because of you guys. You know, otherwise we probably wouldn't be doing this for almost. I mean, for me, this will be my sixth year doing this. So, so please send them in, and we're gonna be recording um, on Sunday. So. I would say just send them in as soon as possible, as soon as you hear this. And, uh, yeah, we also want to remind you that uh, we have a Tee Public store as part of the DC Podcast Network, uh, where you can get amazing merchandise and swag and so on. So if if you click on the link in the show notes below, uh, you can not only support yourself as a true DC TV fan, but you can also support this entire network, which helps, you know, because a little bit goes to... The DCC Podcast Network, where we can actually you know, you know pay off some of the website fees and also upgrade some things and bring you more content as the DC TV universe expands. I mean, we have Batwoman coming up, and you know DC Universe is putting on a slew of shows, and uh, and who knows? I mean, <laughs> Warner Bros. I think they're still interested in doing DC more DC shows, so who knows what 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 we might have, um, you know, in in the near future. So. There's that. And last but not least, do check out Cheek40.com, the amazing female empowerment group uh, created by the women of the Arrowverse. Uh, if you want some daily inspiration and empowerment in your life, go to Cheek40.com and follow on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Cheek40. But with that said, let's get into the Season 5 episode, Episode 12 called Memorabilia, which I thought I was going to have a bigger time difficulty pronouncing because the memorabilia is a difficult word for me just saying. you pronounced it well well yay for yes, me yes you did a good job I, I i will put that down as my as my my first week achievement so <laughs> let's it's get, a win it's, it is such a big win so let's get in just let's just do as we always do first impression so andrew what are your first hot takes on this episode uh after the last two episodes this was a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, even even if uh, it was kind of like all of the all of the issues that it solved, it it also kind of created in this episode. Um, it was still more enjoyable to see the characters running together. The the whole uh, logic uh, at sometimes you know like I'm a logic person who like obsesses over these things, so parts of this were were torturous that we'll get to but um i thought overall it ended up it was it was a step back towards uh what i thought this season was kind of going to be building to um i wish almost that there had been a bit more uh of a hook to do with with nora and thon like we got a little bit more of an insight into what was happening there but um but yeah i'll say it was it was a return closer to form and Tally, what about you? Yes, I definitely thought it was return form. I really, uh, especially after the last two episodes, I was getting a little drained uh, from, I don't know, whatever they were trying to do with the plot. So I, I'm very, very happy um, 
first, just to see like the parallel storytelling that I feel like they haven't really used in a while. Like we got to see how Grace's psyche was reflected in Nora's psyche, you know, and Nora's revelations about Grace sort of mirroring or like being like a dark mirror to Iris's and Barry's relations about Nora. So I really love that entire, you know, uh, Inception, Eternal Sunshine plot. And then um, Cisco existed, which is great. Uh, Ralph continues to be everyone's counselor, and I love it. I love this glow up, and I'm here for it. Uh, and yeah, in general, like, I feel like the Cicada storyline is finally interesting, and Grace is the factor that makes it more interesting. Like, we'll talk about that when we get to that plot. But for, like, the first time since, like, episode three of the season, I am looking forward to where the Cicada storyline is going to go. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for a new a new female character and one who is a photographer looking for a gig, no less. So we'll talk more about her in the B story. And, of course, Iris finally getting to shine. Um, West Allen getting some quality time. And Iris and Nora really actually moving forward in their relationship. So I'm all about that. As far I echo, again, so much of uh, what Todd and Andrew have said. I really love this episode. It's one of my favorites of the season and maybe even one of my favorite of this series. I felt that Nora uh, propelled this episode arc in such a great way and getting to go along with her on this journey and then with Barry and Iris to have those co-current storylines, sort of like what Tati was saying, um, it was really rewarding. And we got essentially, imagine it as if like we had the characters simply talking about their issues. I would watch a whole episode of that. If they were just talking about their lives, if they were talking about uh, how they felt about one, each other, one another in the past, present, future. And we essentially got that in this sci-fi setting of, uh, Barry and Iris literally delving into Nora's mind and it presented for us the audience with some really great uh, insight into Nora's character and why she feels the way she does and I thought this was written directed, acted really really well mm-hmm. and and it was really great like Tati like you said to see uh, you know Nora like uh, have this interaction with Grace and for them to be sort of opposites but still on the same uh, wavelength uh, in what they're dealing with with their fathers or father figures. So I really enjoyed that. And like you said, Cisco exists. He gets a storyline. <laughs> and Ralph also gets to be a um, support to Cisco as well as he was to Caitlin. I am also very much here for the glow up of Ralph keep Ralph like this, keep him like as an earnest supporter of his friends. Let him not be a sexist douchebag. He barely has been from what I've observed this season. And I am extremely grateful for that. So keep like, keep this Ralph. Let's keep this Ralph as he is. Uh, I like, you don't have to do anything else with him. Writers. I'm not going to complain about Ralph anymore. If you just keep him like this. So on the whole, I really love this episode. Yeah, for me, I, I, I really enjoyed this episode too. It was fun rewatching it uh, today, and um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was at these past few episodes have been a little, I mean, for lack of term, a, a little, a little slow, but you know that's a curse you get when you have a twenty-two episode season. But no, I think that this was 
probably also one of my favorite episodes of season five, and because um, I felt there was not just a lot of movement, but I think that it was probably the closest we had to a season one episode. You know, in a in a little while, because it kind of reminded me about you know, like this felt like an episode you know that I would have seen in season one of The Flash, and um, yeah, I mean, of course, I love, um, um, I I I mean, I I love all the West Island stuff, I love all the Nora stuff and intrigue, and I feel that they really upped the and interest for. For for the whole Sakira plot now that his daughter is also somewhat relate uh, relatively included uh, into this, um, but um, but yeah, so let's let's go more into specifics. So uh, Andrew, take it away. Okay, I think I understand most of the a story. <laughs> I'm going to okay. So what if you could let's say break into somebody's mind. If you could somehow dream together in a world created by one of the characters' brains. I know this sounds absurd, but they did it. Never heard you guys. before. Completely <laughs> novel idea. It, like it, it wasn't this wasn't a film because several years ago that made like a billion dollars. Not at all. Or no, no, how no. Much Inception made it was like five hundred million. I want to look this up now. <laughs> it made twelve dollars. It made twelve dollars yeah. <laughs> exactly. Inception was a box office failure. Yeah, and so, uh, exactly. at least when that movie came out, it was original. A slam! <laughs> um, oh my god! Oh my, no, okay, actually, it made eight hundred twenty-eight point three million dollars. I felt like it was money for like an original. Uh, yeah, like really, yeah. Not yeah, original content you. still works. Hollywood, stop making reboots. Just give us original Lord. content again, please. Well, anyway, we all got a, yeah, we all got a nice trip into Suarez's mind there. Um, but <laughs> in this episode, we went into when the the plan was to. I I, I think I might have missed how they discovered that this is what the exact issue was. It was they read her brain waves that showed that Grace's consciousness was still active. Sorry, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering her like I see dead people revealed like I've been listening. But before we knew that, the plan was enter her brain mentally and Mm -hmm. kind of guide out her consciousness because it was still there. This was not a normal coma. Uh, She ends up being altered also by some meta shrapnel, I guess. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) And and the plan is a great plan, I thought. Uh, Sherlock, great, great plan. Send in Nora and Barry, the speedsters, who can be in and out in a the blink of an eye. Uh, but that would mean sharing memories, potentially, because when you... Uh, shoot, what is that called in Pacific Rim? Drift? They were going to drift together. And as everybody yes. knows who's seen Pacific Rim, that exposes all of your secrets... This is very fresh stuff, guys. Uh, you can see the, usually the most deep-seated uh, trauma, fear, um, closest-kept secrets. And Nora knows that hers uh, involves... Well, we'll get to that eventually. Anyway, she decides she, sh- she should go in by herself. Uh, shocker does not go well. And we get a terrific little twist that maybe Grace is... Uh, what would the word be? Because she's not 
she's a kid, so it's more acceptable to say that she is angry and wanting to lash out. But we end yes. up with uh, with a. <laughs> I mean, get this, guys, not just a mind heist, but some sort of mind rescue mission uniting the West Allen family in the brain of their child. Uh, what did you guys it feels like asking what you thought of this is asking like what you thought of the three or four different parts to this story. Yes, it's it was very complicated. Yeah. How did you feel maybe along the way and then at the end, Toddy? I felt great along the way, and then I felt even greater at the end. No, um, I I liked, I liked how um, Sherlock actually felt smart and not overbearing for once. Yeah. Um, in that he was clearly hoping to expose Nora's secret, and then he just kind of made gave Nora the opportunity to go in alone. Right, like he knew what was going to happen, and then he knew that Barry and I started going after her. Or at least Barry would have to. And so he was like ready. He was ready for that secret to be out. Whatever that secret is, he wants it out. So so I, I liked that aspect of it. Especially the part, the aspect where he wasn't in it all that much. To still do all that. So you can make the most of very little. Yay. But um, more importantly for, you know, my tastes. I really, um, I really found Grace interesting. And like the actress playing her, I was actually like... I don't, surprisingly moved by her, I guess. Like, first, the way that she was, like, constructing that, like, happy life with Orlin. And we already, like, from the start, we know that that's not exactly how it was because we've seen Orlin's memories. So it was interesting to um, sort of have them, I don't know, face off against each other or just kind of, like, see what, how she was viewing it compared to how, like, Orlin is, like, maybe beating himself up over the way that he treated her when she first arrived. You know? Yeah. That, that breakfast liked... scene. Exactly. Was... <laughs> So many, so many damn waffles. <laughs> papered, papered over everything. And that was really interesting. So it was also interesting how Nora slowly realized that. And then at the same time, the episode paralleled it to Nora's vision of Iris, right? Which at yeah. first, like, even, even with Iris being, like, as cold and, like, angry and, like, uh, destroying of <laughs> flash dolls as she was in in that original memory uh it was kind of funny to me that you know because it's like that's not that bad you know like if yeah, you ran really away from home and your mom came to find you and maybe she would react that way you know even if your entire dynamic wasn't screwed so so like it's possible but either way i really loved how um how those two things parallel each other and how Barry was so, um, he just always has so much faith in Iris. Right. So mm. he knows like, he's like, first off, if you were like that, then obviously you were correct. And she's crazy. Um, but, <laughs> but I know you aren't like that. Right. Like he's like, you can make different choices. And then I also thought it was interesting that Iris is already thinking ahead. Like the memory should have changed. If, mm. if the choices I'm making are different, then this shouldn't be her memory anymore, which yeah. I would argue with her that that's not necessarily true. Cause like, I don't think the changes would take place until she returns to the present. Correct. You know what I'm saying? I had that thought um, also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm not sure I agree with you Iris, but I like where you're going with this. I like that. You're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to change things. Um, so, so I found that really interesting, but at the same time I loved, like, I, I don't know. I just loved it when Barry got so excited when he realized that, uh, the, the memory was fake because he's like, "See, I knew you were the greatest. I knew you could do no wrong ever. Ever knew you would never get mad at our daughter. <laughs> exactly, right? Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Um, I just, I don't know. He's just, he's just, he's the Iris's number one stand, and I'm totally here for that. So anyway, um, I also, um, I also liked, I liked the way that they incorporated, uh, I already said Sherlock, but also Caitlin in this storyline, you know, like without having to deal with the Killer Frost stuff that goes, you know, it's hit or miss for me, but like seeing her, like, A, like having fun with Sherlock. <laughs> you know, when they're trying to, when they're trying to like communicate or like conference calling you with your parents, like that part was cute. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought this was like a nice, like a minimal use of Star Labs, but like in a good way. Like it was there when it was needed. Oh, and also the fact that Star Labs turned into the Flash Museum. It's like finally it's found its yeah. true purpose. Its sole purpose is exposition. And now that is literally what it lives for. It's so great. That is, that is what the Star Labs needs to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So I loved I loved everything. And then the resolution I thought was beautiful. Like the Nora and Iris scene where um, you know, Nora actually apologizes. Like the mm. idea of someone apologizing to Iris for the way that they treated her is like mind blowing. <laughs> that, <laughs> that alone was so great. Um and like we didn't really discuss it. I don't know if it belongs to the A plot, but uh I'm just gonna say it. Like Central City Citizen, the fact that Iris, you know, was far enough in her blog to start a newspaper. It would be nice if we had seen that in previous episodes, but whatever, I'm going to take what I can get, and I'm loving what I got there. Um, And that she was concerned because of the future. And then, of course, like the double-edged sword, right? Like, she has enough faith in herself and Barry and their future, whatever, to move forward with it. And so you're excited because it's like, oh, see, the future's already changed because now you started in 2019. I was like, yeah, but the future's also changed because Christ is left in the Earth since next year. So yeah, well, yeah. I feel like there's. Uh, a, I feel. I feel. I feel that newspaper is gonna be brought up so many times. I'm like, look, see now this change and this change. I mean, girl, you're gonna, you're even gonna change the font on all of this. It's all right. When by by this time next year, the newspaper will say Green Arrow vanishes in crisis, and I'm gonna be okay with it. Oh, can I will we be, be so very lucky okay with that? <laughs> wow. Oh, but yeah, and I'm, then Barry yeah, just be like, okay, nobody change anything. Exactly. We're done. This is it. This is it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so well, the other thing I'm just going to say, like, I do think it's interesting that, like, it feels as much as, like, Barry's, like, being all gung-ho about, like, family time and stuff, he seems, like, really closed off to that, po- like, the fact that he's going to die, you know? Like, he has a limited amount of time, at least in this dimension of Earth. <laughs> we don't know where he goes when he disappears. But he doesn't have very much time, and he'll even say things like, this might be my only chance to see Nora at this age. But then he doesn't, like, actually, like, engage with it. You know? No. It's so, it's very so weird on, to me. He's very focused on the present. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. After, like, it's obviously on purpose, but... Yeah, after he passed up the opportunity to make a joke about her first steps in the last episode, <laughs> he is like, oh, wow, I've never seen her. I've never seen my daughter as a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but we should get going. <laughs> like, you wouldn't just, like, sit there and be, you know, leave it to Nora to be like, Barry, we have to, or Iris to be like, Barry, we need to go. Like, you can't just be totally yeah. absorbed with being shown your child. No, 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 no. It's not that kind of episode. <laughs> no. I, I, I think he was being more absorbed by the fact that he has a Flash Museum because, boy, Grant Gustin, was, Grant Gustin with those puppy eyes was just running around, like, was admiring everything he was seeing in there. I mean, we even saw him. I we even saw Flash Rebirth by Joshua Williamson, which was cool. Yeah. Um, and you know, <laughs> listen, if I, if I would have been in that Flash Museum, they would have emptied my wallet because I would have I would have bought Flash rings, fl- Flash bobbleheads or wh- whatever it was. And I mean, ugh, 
There's, I mean, look, Warner Brothers, you you can make this happen. Build a little flag museum at your like your Warner Brothers studio tours. I mean, I think that would be just. I mean, it would be a success of it on its own. So, uh, I really. Let me look. Okay, I get it. This was very inceptiony, but at the same time, so I'm not. I'm not familiar. Well, I don't. well, there was a. Once upon a time, there was this movie. Honestly, yeah. honestly, it actually wasn't even really that Inception. Inception was dreams. This was memories. Not the same thing. Right, but I think it's more the machine people were thinking of that it had some similar of like, hey, now we're just connecting minds because we can. I, I, I just. I I enjoyed it. I really do. You know, like I, I sometimes I will take the most ridiculous plot devices that are possible. Um, also because I thought it was also really co- cool that the way that Sherlock got it was, I don't think it was co- partially connected to this character, but at least he named up another Batman villain, which was Jervis Tetch, aka Mad Hatter. So like for me, I'm like. You know, like, it's a sci-fi show, I will accept most things anyway, so, and, and this is not the weirdest thing we've ever seen on The Flash, or the Arrowverse shows, so, but I really thought it was a great, as Taddy said, it's a, it was a great parallel to see between the two families, you know, the West Island and, um, whatever Cicada's last name is, I mean, I, I, I just, <laughs> what kind of Orland, Orland. is all I have in my the, brain. The Orleans, there we go, I don't... Sc- <laughs> The, the listeners, don't correct us what the what the last name is because we're just gonna call him the Orleans now. And it was a nice um, parallel, and uh, to see, you know, because and it it reminds me of season four, you know, of when we had the parallels between West Down and uh, the Finkers, and um, no, the the Devos. There we go. See, I see <laughs> Orland. Here's the thing, Orland. You don't have a memorable last name. The the Vo. Is slick as yeah. hell. So just saying. Uh, no, but I enjoyed getting to go into Nora's mind and Grace's mind and just seeing these two young women, you know, upbringing and kind of, like, or, or, and their state of minds. Um, although I was horrified by the fact that Reverse Flash is Nora's defense mechanism. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, girl, what have you done? To make this your defense mechanism. I mean, okay, I know we don't love Oliver, but like, I feel Oliver should at least be like, like, like I would look at him as like probably the the, the likeliest dude to be to her be her godfather, and that would be like. Uh, me. no, thank you, please. No, no thank you, please. Well, well so it's can they're best friends in this universe. What are you? Are are are, are they like? Best friends? I think they're friends. No, not best no. Friends. I, I I don't see it personally. Well, Sorry. Well, no. BFFs. Any time. Wait, who? What are we talking about? Oliver and Barry. Are they BFFs? I mean, we're supposed to believe they are. Are are we? I just I I, I mean like I can see a mentor friend role thing. It's but like when you're choosing BFFs, your like maid yeah. of honor or like your best man or something. When it's like, but I'm your best friend, and you're like, well, I, I mean. How can you say that with a straight face? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah, it would. It seems exactly. like Oliver would use that. He was going to be like, but Barry, like, we're best friends, and Barry would be like, oh, I, well, I, I don't see you ever anymore. Well, either way, I, I think Elseworlds is just a good reminder of that. They, that Flair they were the is trigger real. twins. 
They were the Trigger Twins, even. I mean, oh. and and look, they like look, even in the Elsewhere universe, they swap lives with each other. That doesn't just happen to anyone unless they're their, their best friend. Either oh, way, maybe that's why they split. Maybe you could never make the god parent. Yeah, no, that'd be weird because like Oliver was technically married and had a past with Iris. That gets messy. Don't... I'm with Nora on this one. Yeah, at least you know where Reverse Flash stands. It's like a frenemy type thing. I I don't I think I would still feel. I mean, look, I may not like Oliver, but I would prefer most likely prefer to have Oliver as my defense mechanism than like oh, than a moving. Okay, okay, re- okay, wait, okay, hold so- on. Than a moving Reverse Flash costume because y'all, I I was like, this cannot be shown at eight p.m. This cannot be shown at eight p.m. with a like. When that they made that reverse flash costume way too intimidating, just saying. But just go, okay. But, so why don't we delve into this? Why Nora would choose the reverse flash costume in particular, and also may I step in and give my thoughts on this segment of the episode? Uh, oh. So I, I, I honestly think that she would uh, have chosen it because. Eobard, for everything he has done, he was still the one who introduced Nora, based on everything we know, to her legacy. He let her know who, um, like, her father was and, like, how her mother had been keeping the truth from her. And even with, again, and that's the thing, like, Nora hadn't known all the evils that Eobard had committed in the future, necessarily, like the very personal ones that were directed at her family. So though she knew he was a criminal, she would still be like, hey, this guy who commits crimes, who is serving time for his crimes, is still the one providing me with this vital information about my yeah. past and my family's past. So, and especially, like, as he was essentially the key to her being in the past— um, during this season, she does for better and worse. I think a lot of us would agree mostly for worse, but still has that mm-hmm. connection to him. So thinks that thinks of him as, oh, he's like my mind guardian while I'm doing this crazy thing, flinging myself back into the past. I'm going to choose Eobard Thawne. Like, and it's almost like an interesting take on Nora's own how do I put this? Her psyche. own psyche. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how she doesn't fully know what she's doing. She is almost like some of her actions, I would say, are almost a little bit chaotic. How they she goes about them. Uh, not like real crazy or anything. I just mean there's a dynamism to it that involves these random factors, including having a supervillain costume be your mind guardian because you're in this space in the past. Uh, but for my overall thoughts on this uh, main plot of the episode, uh, I th- I'm going to echo basically what I said before. I really loved it. The deep dive into the psyches of both Nora and Grace and to get uh, to understand their characters essentially better. And especially for Barry and Iris to get to know that better. And, Iris's journey through this episode, again, Candace is killing it with these amazing scenes and her realizations about, you know, like the future, even though it's not fully set in stone, a lot of it is still very possible. And to see her grappling with that in this episode and especially after watching that scene between future Iris and little Nora was, I mean, it was heartbreaking, but it was also Mm -hmm. really... I know it was profound in a way, 
like the way uh, Candace and Iris was able to convey that to Barry to understand mm-hmm. the attitude of what her future could be. And I found it a really interesting note that in the beginning of the episode that she was very shocked or very um, hesitant about taking the name Central City Citizen. At right. first, it didn't, it didn't click with me. I was like, oh, why is she so freaked out by this? And then later on in the episode, so, later on in the episode, it's explained that's the name of the newspaper that she writes the article in which Barry disappears. So that it, I think that was a really great piece of writing there to like plant that seed at the beginning of the episode and then like to see it, see why it was uh, she was so freaked out by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, at the end of the episode, I was so glad to see her take that step forward, become an editor. And I just want to say, I love how journalism is such a, it seems to be a very, very thriving industry in uh, the DCTV universe. <laughs> Uh, with the news Thank of, Bu- I know, I know with the news of Buzzfeed and Huffington Post, and I think one or two other outlets laying off a bunch of their reporters and to see, uh, Iris in the episode say, yeah, the ad revenue, uh, from my articles or from my blog have been skyrocket through the roof. And I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> like, you're just like, uh, racking in the money now so that you can like really start your own publication and a newspaper, no less, which the show gets it. Swara. Like it, gets it. It. <laughs> want to get into print. That's yeah. the whole. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was just like, what, let's just accept that as the rules of this universe or, or like a headcanon that Iris is very uh, savvy about the media landscape and that she will obviously have a lot of digital with this new publication. Uh, she's going to do or really great. Or she'll become like Caco Worldwide Media where we don't even know what mm. they are. Like we're doing <laughs> no, brand and digital. No, listen, like uh, Iris is baking the New York Times of the uh, Arrowverse. Like, let's just say that. Yes! yes. Like, yes, like she, she is. She's founding the New York Times, which is called the Central City Citizen in this universe. But one <laughs> last, I want to give one last note on this. Uh, I want to see, with the journalism stories we have for Iris, to not always be singular, singularly tied into the main plot. I want to see her do meta side stories or... Uh, have a day in the newsroom um, where she has some sort of conflict that maybe is related to what's going on, but can still be her own story. Not like as much as I love it, as much as I love West Allen, not everything Iris does has to be in service of that. She is more right. than that. She's an amazing reporter. Now is going to be an amazing editor. Uh, There's so many story potentials for this. It, it can echo uh, some of, you know, Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane from Lois and Clark uh, you know, with like her her character back then, and just to see her as a reporter in their respective shows for each of them, and again, there's so much potential there. And you have in Candace Patton an amazing actress, and uh-huh. Tatiana. I remember you discussing this on Lays with Gumption uh, with Jessica and May that Candace on s- social media on just like in general media, she is the one who really brings in uh, the attention, the clicks. Right. The, mm-hmm. like, there is so much there. And I really hope that in the future, the writers make more and better use of Iris, like as 
a wholly full independent character who really like drives things forward. And I think that you see in the side, I mean, this is sort of small, but like in the, we had a side plot with Cisco that had nothing to do with the main plot. That was just about him starting to move on and like his friendship with Ralph and like, give that give more of that to iris give more of that to caitlin i mean like they mm-hmm. are giving it more to caitlin this season give it more to your side characters and you know again i've said this many times embrace that filler and you'll have something yeah. really great i'm just gonna add some more thoughts that i just before we move on um in ter- yeah like i first of all Iris does not age, apparently, in the future, because she looks just the same <laughs> as she does now. And I'm like, I mean, I can believe it. I take it as canon. That's fine. Um, but no, but I love the fact that she really got to see that, you know, you know, that it wasn't as she had, as she had feared that, again, things, I mean, the future is still, you know, very liquid. It's still very fluid uh, in terms of how it can change. And again, it wasn't really that wasn't really what was happening. So, um, also, like, not to not to make fun of this scene because I because I, I I mean I I saw the depth of it, but it was it was so over dramatic when they made it seem like that she was the one who broke the toy. I'm like, no, she didn't break it. Jesus. Um, <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure I've seen that flash statue somewhere before, like in actual real life. So again, oh, yeah. I love the show's usage of like, including the merchandise that has existed for the flash for years and years. Um, I mean, the day they actually put in a flash Funko. Oh boy. I, cause I, I just would. I just want to know how people react to Funkos in this universe. So, no. But I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was beautifully done, and having Barry and Iris doing it together was was really sweet. As far as Central City, City Citizen goes, I thought it was interesting that was the only name available. Like, because le- she was like legally talking to someone to a lawyer. Who, by the way, I'm gonna in my canon, in my head canon, I'm gonna name that. Uh, lawyer Rachel Eiley because the Arrowers could freaking use like a lawyer who actually does the law right. Um, just saying. So like, in my canon, I mean in in this universe, this that that lawyer is named Rachel Eiley. Um, I thought it was interesting that, that was the only name available. But also, mm-hmm. we, we need to talk about something. So her website is making so much damn money that. Yep. Now she can pay for writers and editors yep. and now rent. Thank God, someone's out there doing it. I need, I need, like, I need to, like, ha, like. So is she like the only one who writes about metahumans? Then, because in that case, I, I think the same. But wait, what's the Central City Picture News? Or in that case, they're missing out. Then I guess. Um. Also, by the way, I think that in this, you know, because we're on Earth One, I think that uh, uh, Cat, Cat, uh, I should probably go and look up uh, Earth One's Cat Grant and work with her. Just <laughs> like have her as an editor. Um, I found out because just because yes. I, I want to see Calissa Flockhart again. Um, I think that would be funny. So she's still not moving to Vancouver. No, I mean. Oh. She, can, she can do she can do guest spots and um, and she um, hasn't done any has she done any on Supergirl this season? I don't think she has. No, because Maybe I know once briefly at the start because I don't think she wants to be involved with all that topical 
Ness. So there you go. Um, <laughs> super good radio listeners, you will know why that's funny. Um, but yeah, I am. Um, I, I think it's great it's moving forward. And again, you know, as Nora shows it later to her face, the future can be changed. So. Although it was kind of funny, like, she brings up the news, the, the, the headline, and then, like, just kind of like, drags it up a little bit. Like, now it says at the very bottom. It's always said at the very bottom when it was found that the. Good timing, too. Right? Like, right as it was about to change. I know this is not really related to the A plot, but how lovely was it seeing them all skate? Oh, um, yeah, that was fun. That was, that was, that was, it was nice to have a little, like, you know. Team Flash gathering and also a West Allen family game night. Yeah, um, both things were lovely. I was watching yeah, um, with Barry play, playing. I'm assuming it was Barry playing the word faster. Wow. Yep. Oh, we, we get it. We get it. Buddy. I was going to put this. I was going to put this in other notes, but since you brought it up, did you see the word brother? Yes, I saw that. I actually didn't yeah. see it during the episode, but I saw it like, later. Someone point that Easter out. Easter egg, I tell you, it's an Easter faster. egg. I gotta say this, uh, and then we will move on from this. Um, I was watching um, Jason Inman and Ashley Victoria Robinson's review of The Fly, and Andrew, I think you might appreciate this, but what a what what a more Canadian opening of a Flash episode than skating. <laughs> hey, the northern states, I'm sure, enjoy a good skate as well. <laughs> That's true. No, oh, I'm but so they were bad at skating. Andrew, Andrew, are you? <laughs> And how are your skating abilities? Um, not, not, I would say not excellent. I can, I can not fall over, but, but not much more than that. I'm no, I'm no Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah, oh my god, he was slick. He was just like flowing out there on the, on the ice. Um, I, you do rarely see that on a, on an ice rink. You see that maybe more at a roller rink, like someone showing off like that. So uh, maybe that was a little un-Canadian. <laughs> Wait, are you are you checking his Canadianness? No, what? I would never. You would also I uh, would never. the arbiter of all things Canadian. Oh, it was a, it was a character choice. Oh, did you see that? Did you see um, Caitlin's like her her getup was very like fantastic. I, I, it looked very much like Killer Frost from the from DC bombshells. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh yes, that that was on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I I, I really, my Maya Manny, I think she's the costume designer on this show. I really, I I would love it if she like literally went out to like make it you know go, look like the <laughs> the one from the comics. And also, it looked so damn natural that I'm like, you know, hey, look, can we just make this her, this her new costume? Good. Just. Just saying. It's a great. Oh yeah, just that <laughs> sweater. <laughs> no, but 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 like you know the headband and everything. So um, yeah. And and also, I I agree with the, with also what Ashton Jason would say. I don't think I think Harley Sawyer probably had like he probably he was probably the one who made them made Ralph wear the helmet. Um, because I mean. <laughs> I mean, guys, skate ice skating is scary. I mean, I have not done it since I was like nine because I literally fell on my ass all the time. Yeah, although that that moment made me ask a whole lot of questions because I guess I'd never been clear on if he if he takes like an impact 
while his body is not flexed, or even when it is flexed, like can he bruise? Like if he if he stretched out his arm and then like smacked a wall with it, would he have like an incredibly painful concentrated bruise when he went back to normal size? These are the important questions. I feel like we need to we need <laughs> yeah, to record yeah. a special well, episode well, for. I think we should ask the director of this episode, uh, Rebecca Johnson. I'm so Andrew, I'm not kidding. The episode is literally directed by a woman named Rebecca Johnson. <laughs> I did notice that. Uh... She directed it very well. Yeah, I really the, enjoyed it. Well, she did it up yeah, super. Yeah, it was great. It was great directing. She did and it up, for the and as far as I know, she's the first time director for Flash. Yeah, she's so. done. She's done two episodes of Supergirl, which is always is always so funny because we we know someone named Rebecca Johnson on this network. She hosts a Supergirl podcast. So when I saw she was doing Flash, I'm like Rebecca, 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 you are directing an episode of Flash. <laughs> well, your name <laughs> your name is. Um, all right, let's uh, well let's move let's move on. And yeah. While while this was all going on, Ralph and Cisco was having a bit of a bro night because Cisco has been. Well, he hasn't really been here, uh, but also he's been kind of a party pooper lately. So Ralph kind of um, rebooted him a little bit, I guess. So Andrew, what did you think of um, Ralph being, you know, like, like basically a. <laughs> An emotional counselor for Cisco and getting him to you know focus on other than this maybe dumb cure because I'm 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 starting to feel a little bit unsure about it. But what did you think? I mean, it worked. That's all I can really say. Uh, I I felt like this was it's a bummer because I've been kind of uh, I mean I mean this that Cisco has just kind of become the felicity of the season. Where oh. oh no, it's not that. I don't. Bad. Every time he comes in, he's in a bad mood. He is dismissive and negative, and I I, I don't know why. I, I I this episode like gets halfway to saying it's because he's lovelorn, but or, but that doesn't really seem, you know, what is actually the the issue. But uh, putting that opposite, Ralph, Ralph just kind of has to become even more likable to me, and like. Um, more endearing because he's really trying. Like, and <laughs> in a funny way, he's like the only person who has actually noticed this and is trying. Um, I, I loved how I, I think it is not an understatement to say I loved Ralph as a character in this episode. Like, if you showed someone this episode and then showed them any other one, they would be confused that Ralph isn't like a main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is its own issue, but I thought he was a lot of fun. His whole bit with, uh, you know, playing dumb at the bar with that first cicada, uh, which, which also made me realize that I have absolutely, I couldn't even describe how Cisco's powers work. (laughs) Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, I, I was really, really enjoyed it for Ralph and then also really love who they've cast as, you know, a potential foil for Cisco and maybe to be even more fun so he stops sucking. <laughs> You're not even holding back. <laughs> well, we also, oh yeah, because we also get that little, like, uh, where he's like, if I find twins, one of them who turned and didn't one, and I was like, oh, this is fun. This is like who he used to be. This is neat. And then even that is like, I found them. And I was like, what? Oh, what? Okay, so... Uh, but anyway, Ralph is great. Cisco is really going to need to win me back because he's just become the person who's like um, nagging everybody all of the all of the time. 
and like that that used to be a quality that was reserved exclusively for Wells, who like the Wells who was secretly the villain of the show. Um, there wasn't really a member of the principal cast who just wanted to rain on everybody's parade. So I don't know why they decided they needed one, but um, like anytime he comes in, the first words out of his mouth are usually, I'm just like, I'm over this. I don't need, I, I try to avoid people like this in my real life. <laughs> so you're injecting this into a show that I like a lot. That's frustrating. I don't mind if he's away, you know, in the Arctic um, working on some cure because then he shows up and he's like, "Ugh, really? I need to help you solve this case. Fine. Yeah, he was, ugh. You could be breaching all over the place. You could be helping. You could be helping people all of the time, but his powers are such a drag. It's just, it's such a. It's, it feels like a half baked idea that they're not even really convinced they should explore. So I'm just I'm. If they're not interested in giving Cisco a story, then I'm really not interested in watching like what's happening in the meantime. So hopefully this ending is him getting his story. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season he would suddenly have like a free sixty and he would be like in the best mood ever and be like, you know, like, I love being a superhero. I love all this. I yeah. you know, forget what I said in these past other twenty one episodes. I am here to be happy. And hopefully And that would be a three sixty because that's how he was in the beginning and that brings him back <laughs> nice. to the first mm-hmm. place. There you go. Just checking. Wait, it, wait, it's a joke that I said 360, that I used 360, 360 wrong? But you were actually right. Okay. You were right, because you used it wrong, but you were correct, because that's what came, that's that's where he started. So Would you prefer, And that is true, he's totally 180 degrees from where he used to be. Okay, fine, whatever, I said it wrong. I, I, you, you said it? No, you, Andy, you, you got, you got it wrong. You accidentally right. got it correct. You accidentally yeah. got it right. You you crushed it. You're like Nora. <laughs> so now you I'm... could be a superhero in the CW no. Arrowverse. <laughs> well, That's true. Well, you know the CWTC is tomorrow, and you know I may have a spin-up to be announced. So maybe yeah. I don't know. Oh. Oh. And it, and it has like one viewer in the first episode, and then it gets canceled. Um, Taddy. Little face. Taddy, yes, what were yes. your what were your thoughts on? on I would the... watch Cisco cut grass, mow the lawn. Maybe then snort that grass. I would watch. Oh my anything. god! So uh, I'm definitely not uh, Wait, upset. We, I'm can... not upset that he's upset. Can um, we go back to your what? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> that I would watch Cisco mow the lawn and then feed himself that pasteurized grass. <gasps> Okay. It's meta, uh, meta grass. Okay, I was I was really go. concerned uh, that she was proposing something way different. What do you mean? Consuming it in whatever form he would like to consume it, okay? I'm just saying. You said snorting gr- grass? grass? Not the other That's grass. what he's really doing up in the tan. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so I'm very happy to have him back. And I don't mind him being on the grumpy side, just because I think that, you know, everyone's got their bad days, weeks, months, and Cisco certainly uh, had shards of glass left in his hands for months on end because Caitlin just didn't think to take him out. So it's understandable that maybe he doesn't like his powers so much right now. Um, that being said, I really like the burgeoning romance with Ralph. I love Ralph as the like relationship counselor, you know, between like Caitlin and her alter ego. And now between Cisco and the girlfriend he once had versus the girlfriend he is going to have now. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was fun how he tricked Cisco into a night on the town, but like 
for Cisco, you know, um, mm-hmm. which which we were not expecting. And Cisco yeah. certainly was not expecting because um, like when he was like, oh, you're just doing this for yourself. Like how, you know, you're just a selfish as you were from the start. Like based on what we know of Ralph, you would think that is true. You know, Ralph just wanted to get some or whatever. But Ralph has turned over a new leaf. It's 2019 and he's a good person now. So. So, yeah, I thought I thought that their interactions were fun. And I really loved Camilla. Uh, I know we only saw her for like 10 seconds, but I loved those 10 seconds. Um, I thought it was fun that she's like, you know, a photographer moonlighting as a bartender. Um, she's definitely going to work at Central City News or Central City Citizen. Sorry. And if she doesn't, then I'm suing everyone. I'm suing the entire CW. She does not end up working for Iris. Um, and I liked I like how it just like she like sparked the, you know, idea in Cisco without even like a trying to the idea for the twins. He said he found the twins at the end. I don't know who, what they were, who are the twins. I totally missed that. I blanked out on who they were that he found. We don't know. But either way, huh? Well, I don't think we know. He just said, oh, I okay, found a we pair. Don't know. Okay. I thought like maybe Camilla had a twin or maybe the dude, the trucker guy at the bar he was talking to had a twin. Like I was like, did I miss one of those scenes? But anyway, um, oh, even that guy, the guy with the cicada, the band cicada. That was funny. I, I enjoyed that <laughs> little, I love that that little too. gag. Yeah. yeah, that was that was quite cute. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun little like light subplot. And it was nice that it didn't take up too much space. Like that's the correct number of scenes for a subplot like that. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, they only got it right because it's Cisco's plot. But that's how you should do it all the time. Um. So yeah. And now I'm gonna t- I, now I just I'm gonna just you know put my hands on my uh, together and just listen to Suarez say how much he loves Ralph. Uh, I like and respect Ralph a lot this season. I don't love him. I think that yes. he's a very. I think that Ralph he Ralph is starting to get endearing, I'll admit. But uh, I no, I did did really enjoy him this episode and just again him being a supportive friend to Cisco, to Caitlin for a lot of this season, uh, presumably later on to Iris and Barry, um, more than he has before. And I yeah I really like him in this supportive role like i mentioned before keep him in this and i'll be happy i don't i know it's like ralph is not he'll i don't think he'll ever be one of my favorite characters i honestly personally don't want him to necessarily like because this show has a lot of characters and i'm not sure i want him to although no i do want him to get a good storyline for sure because he is basically a main character at this point um, I guess it depends on what that story would be and I guess how much time it would take up because honestly, like I'm really like currently uh, am sort of prioritizing Iris and Cisco's storylines uh, along with Barry and Nora at this point. So I don't know. I, and Caitlin, I just, or Caitlin has had a lot this season, but I want her to have something better than what it has been so far this season. I know our friend uh, Lacey Bauer actually like uh, wrote a really great piece on Collider.com. Uh, she's been on the podcast before as a big Caitlin fan, so you should check that out. Uh, I know, but yeah, regarding uh, this storyline for Cisco, yeah, you know, he was really, you know, sad and dour throughout a lot of it. He's uber serious. And it is 
dare I say, kind of reminiscent of season three, Cisco. Uh, a variation of the character I don't think many of us enjoyed. Uh, you know, like when he was consistently blaming Barry for his brother's death when, I don't know. I mean, like technically, yeah, it was Barry's fault because of Flashpoint, but also it really belabored the point that season. And I don't want you know, his uh, lack of a love interest or his um, seriousness on this metahuman cure to uh, dower his character this uh, season either. Uh, But thankfully, you know, like he's starting to move on romantically. So maybe he'll lighten up a bit because the Cisco we all know and love is from seasons one and two. He's light. He makes jokes all the time. He it's not just like him being that comic relief, but in a lot of ways, he was like Ralph is this season, the really kind, supportive friend who like gives great pep talks and is extremely encouraging and really just lightens up the room. And the past couple of seasons, like Cisco has been, again, very dour, very serious. And I'm just like, I think a lot of people in the audience are like, enough, give us like let Carlos like smile a lot more like he used to let him again be bubbly like he used to and lighten up the room. I think it's again, it's not just like being comic relief. It's being that like, uh, yeah, I'll say it heart of the team. Like, you know, I, I miss those days when Cisco really felt like that and he just hasn't, I want Cisco to be that hard again. And, you know, if Ralph can be part of uh, helping, him become that again i'll be really happy so yeah all right then what's next uh yes sorry next we uh have i guess we'll call it our c story it was something that book ended uh the episode uh nora's secret of you know continuing to relay messages to eobarthon in the future And it turns out that a key reason she came back to the past was that she wanted to stop Cicada specifically. She wanted to aid her father in stopping this villain. So I guess that sort of like begs the question of, well, didn't you go back to a point in time where Cicada didn't come uh, or that Cicada was supposed to come later? I I know that was confusing, but or maybe she knew more than she was actually letting on. And that was the time that Cicada was actually um, about to arise. So, yeah, Tati, what did you think of this uh, aspect of the episode and how you think it'll play into later <coughs> in the season? I think many things. Uh, one, that I agree that it wasn't used as much as I expected it to be. But I think it's certainly going to... Um, change the way that uh, again, change the way again, how Barry and (laughs) Iris see Nora. Um, Especially because despite what she knows now, she's still trusting Abarth, right? She still thinks that he's going to help her stop Cicada, which may or may not be true, but it's certainly not something that Barry and Iris are going to believe immediately. So, I don't know when it's going to be revealed, um, but I mean, clearly it's going to be it's going to be Sherlock who reveals it. I just don't. I guess I just right. don't know why Sherlock is so invested. You know, like why is he the one that's like he doesn't even know Abarthon? 
he doesn't, he doesn't even go here. Exactly. He doesn't even go here. But he, I really where you were going with it. <laughs> yeah, like he anyway. So even though he wants everyone to eat a cake full of feelings so they can, you know, talk about their <laughs> uh but whatever. So so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's gonna like cause a cause a, another minor dent in the relationship. Because, um, I don't know, at this point, it's sort of like, like how you guys were saying, like, you know, um, Reverse Flash is her, like, protector or her defense mechanism in the museum, you know, when it should be Flash. So, that's, I think, that will kind of be tough for, for Barry to take, especially, you know? I don't know. Right, right. Andrew, what do you think? I... I yeah, I think that's kind of where I am also, but I was particularly interested in um the the time travel and the whole timeline thing has kind of been a little confusing from from the start uh in terms of well, you know, just like are we dealing with terminator time traveler dealing with, you know, uh diverging timelines etc, but um the the stuff with grace where her cicada was, it was a woman. I guess we we can't say definitively it was. No, it was a woman. Adult. It was a woman. What? It was a woman. No, no. I mean, I, we can't say definitively it was adult Grace. Um, <laughs> oh, it, no, but, it, but it, it was, was. It, it was. was. I forgot to mention that. Yes, cicada is very clearly adult Grace. It makes it's the only thing that makes sense. That's yeah. why suddenly uh, it popped up and was way more effective than it used to be. Yeah. It, no, it's actually, 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 it, it's. <laughs> It's Grace on stilts in the costume, like she's just—it's <laughs> just like an Iron Man mech, yeah. Uh, so, I, well, I feel like that's kind of the the most interesting thing about what is actually being, uh, like the the future that is actually being made. I guess would be one way to say it. So, that's kind of what is most interesting to me because, like you said, the. It giving our main characters a different understanding is kind of like I'm there with them in, in that I'm never quite sure I understand anything at any given time. Uh, but I understand that that is important. So that's kind of now I'm waiting to see if if and when they start, uh, you know, considering or theorizing things that would help explain that choice, which is like. It's kind of delivered in the episode in the way that things are where you're supposed to notice them, but the cast maybe isn't yet, even though they maybe should <laughs> if they were watching like we were. Uh, so my hopes are high that, that that'll make this um, not only like not necessarily make it more interesting, but make what they're driving at kind of click into place a little bit. Right, right. Uh, Andy, how about you? I I think Tan and Andrew said everything that I... Um, that needs to be said about it because I'm I don't know where to, where to go with that because Sherlock I mean I don't think he has any bad agenda behind behind any of this but I don't know I it's I was confused by the end of the episode not knowing how to feel about it because. I mean, I feel like, like I think before we get to episode fifteen, I feel like they're gonna find out, and I think it's probably gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be drama. So, um, yeah, I will hold for judgment for now uh, until then. 
one thing I want, I want, one final thing I want to discuss, and um, which is kind of, I mean, I don't know how much there's to say about it, but I, I want to get, uh, I mean, I definitely want to get Andrew's take because I don't, I don't know how many of us has read DC Metal, but we get a name drop of a, a very recent the Red Death. The Red ah! Death. I screamed. I screamed. <laughs> um. I was both horrified in a good and a bad way. Because I don't know if I'm ready for another evil speed, but at the same time, this is the Red Death. Um, Andrew, talk to us. What do you you think is going on with this? Uh, I'm keeping my expectations for that in check. (laughs) Just just because that is such a... uh, It's such a good throwaway bit of fan service because... For people who who seek out what that is, it's a really fun payoff. Like it's the the Bruce Wayne who decided that he needed the Speed Force more than Barry, and and so basically stole it uh, from him um, in his like ascent towards villainy, I guess. But but that's like I, that's what I say. The main reason why I'm not hoping for them to deliver on that is because that's such a good name drop in itself. Like that's such a fun thing and then you fold in the like which future are we looking at kind of thing like um i don't know that's just neat that would explain why batman's not around i guess <laughs> um yeah i i don't think this is going to be the season six villain to be honest especially because if they made it sound, no yeah especially because they made a point of saying the cicada has killed more than the red death then that means that they're not going to make the red death the big bad because that means that he's less He's lesser than our previous big bad. No, so. I mean, it's honestly like a little, uh, like Jarvis Tetch was the other one that was mentioned. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was mentioned on Sherlock's Earth or whatever, but it's still a Batman, you know, kind of story. So, yeah. and so is the Red Death. So I think that's, that's actually going to be more of a connection to Batwoman. Like, if we see the Red Death, it would be on Batwoman. Right, that makes Just sense. Just like if we see yeah. the Mad Hutter, we'll see it on Batwoman. I, I, I love, I'm, 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 eating up all these Batman mentions uh, in my timeline uh, when it comes to the show I and Arrow and Subaru. I mean, I just love that they're embracing it and just getting, getting us ready for Batman for next season. But let's get into some listener feedback and before we wrap this episode up. So, Taddy, what do people have to say about this week's episode of The Flash? We got some tweets here. One from Hovering Ladle, which is a great name. I love this episode so much. Grace is finally making Cicada interesting to me. Iris is finally getting some momentum of a storyline. I love the West Allen family scenes. I'm curious where Cisco's storyline is going, and I'm hoping he's not being written out of the show. Ooh, you and me both. Same. Electra WWF. All right. Cicada took Grace's form in her memories. Do you think the Meditech in Grace's head is what's fueling Cicada's hatred and anger for Metas, or even controlling him somehow? Huh. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I think the Metatech in Grace's head, like the dark matter, is warping her mind, and probably the 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 shards or whatever that hit Cicada are warping him. Like I do think that dark matter is being shown to warp people. Like remember when the defendant, the defense attorney, used that as an argument for Joss, saying like maybe it was her weapon that made her more violent and not her. Yeah, uh, it was an I unconvincing argument yeah. then, but what could be better? I think it's accurate. <laughs> I think I think it's true though. Like I think that they said that for a real reason. Mm. You know, um, just because like the the grace we saw, like you know, 
from what Cicada remembers or even what Grace remembers herself as was not like that at all. So, I don't know. I think it is partially people being warped by dark matter. Anyway. So, metas don't kill people. Powers kill people. Dark matter. No, sure. Yeah, the dark matter in metas kill people. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, Joy says kills people. There you go. Well, yeah, that, that, that's the actual correct thing. Yeah. As, as the other great Tatiana told us, choices. <laughs> what, other, what other great Tatiana? There's only one great Tatiana. What you are you, you about? do your homework on that one, Andy. Oh I, 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 I never did my homework. All right. Front row Mez. Uh, little Gracie Ball hand, handled Nora like Steph Curry. Damn. <laughs> that prodigy is using her powers for evil. Yes. Who, yes, Steph, she who's is. Who's Steph Curry? He's a basketball player. Okay, uh, I got. We did get one last tweet uh, or feedback from. Wait, um, is he a football player? Did I just say a basketball? No, player? no, no, you're right. Okay, okay, he is a he is a basketball player. Okay. Wait, how do? How, wait, how do you know? Don't you just know about hockey? Um, wow. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. You can tell uh, you can tell Andrew has been been gone long enough for me for me to be first enough to do Canadian jokes. Yeah, and okay, we've got some. Wait, 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 we have one. We have one right, feedback oh, from uh, Jessica, from Jessica, your Jessica from Ladies with Gumption. My uh, Jessica. Yeah, um, I'll read this. Um, just this, just as this episode fired all cylinders. Iris getting a space for Central City citizen, for Central City citizen, West family moments. Uh, I heart emoji. The perception gaps in memories and the whole reveal with Iris and Nora was great. And then Nora's apology to Iris at the end. Plus the whole twist of Grace being just as crazy as Orlin. The writers actually pulled off a surprise that I don't think anyone guessed. Also, I like Caitlin's ice skating outfit being a nod to the bombshell Kiev comma cover. Yay! Yay! Alright. <clears throat> Emails. Mari. Hi, y'all. This episode was a step up compared to last week's. It wasn't so much with the story, but the performances and development that got me through it. First of all, I want a web series of the West Allen fam and all their ice skating days, game nights, and everything in between. The A-plot with Nora was just okay, but I appreciate her realization that she perceived Iris as bad because of her anger and grief of losing her father, and I was happy that she apologized to Iris for her previous behavior. The concept of perception is an interesting twist of what they're doing with Grace. Her brain defenses showed an older version of herself, Cicada. So does this mean that Cicada doesn't get defeated because Grace takes on the mantle? Kind of a parallel to Nora and Barry. Yes, it is a parallel to Nora and Barry. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just let it slide that you said it was just okay, but you know that's fine. <laughs> During the B plot of Barry and Iris going in the memory machine, which kind of reminded me of the Agents of Shield framework. Oh, I thought we would see them discover Nora's secret. Instead, it served to show Iris's fear of becoming this awful mom that she was painted out to be initially. I like that we got to see this from her point of view and seeing Barry as her support. I see you are seeing that as the B plot. That's why you said the A plot was just okay. All right, apology accepted. I'm so happy that the Central City Citizen is underway now. After four years, Iris deserves the story as it's so integral to who she is. I can't wait to see how it develops as time goes on. The last main story showed Cisco and Ralph developing a friendship and a new possible love interest for Cisco. I'm actually starting to appreciate Ralph's presence in these subplots, as it, and it was nice to see that he just wanted to hang out with Cisco. I hope the story goes in a good direction for him, as he's been underutilized lately. Hopefully it ends with a Medicure and new romance. 8 out of 10 lightning bolts. P.S. Can't wait for the Flash Podcast 200. Woo! Woo! All right. And then we've got Ashley. 
Hey guys, I love this episode so much. The ice skating scene and everything about the West Allen family was so cute, and Iris creating Central City Citizen finally makes me so happy. Yes, I emphasize that incorrectly, but you understand. I wonder why Sherlock decided not to say anything about his suspicions. Also love the Red Death name drop, and did you guys notice during the, squab- the Scrabble game in the beginning of the episode, one of the words on the board was brother. Do you think that is hinting at Don West Allen possibly? Yes, it is. It is Don West Allen, and they need to cast Jacob Artist to play Don West Allen. I'm sorry if you disagree. You are wrong. Well, I that mean, is the correct answer. I mean, this show, ha- I mean, th- this universe has a tendency for Glee actors, so. Exactly. It's perfect. All right. Melody. By far the best episode since 505 for me. Mm-hmm. Same. I loved getting Iris's POV, even though we shouldn't have been just finding out all these things. Yep. Loved Nora's redemption in my eyes to a point because she was irritating me. Oh. Loved seeing Iris and Nora bond on screen. Loved seeing Nora finally acknowledge her behavior wasn't fair to Iris. Loved seeing Barry, Iris, and Nora have family time together. Loved seeing Cisco use his powers. So true. I will stop now, but I'm going to watch again, and I haven't done that since 505. Wow. I mean, yeah, I told, I'm totally with you on that. Like, I like the, the Flash part of the crossover a lot, but aside from that, this was definitely my favorite episode since 505. Well, that's going to be it for our feeds, uh, feedback section. <laughs> uh, if you want to tweet your thoughts uh, about The Flash each week, you can tweet it at The Flash Podcast, or you can email us at theflashpodcast at gmail.com. But now, let's do some plugs, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So, uh, Andrew, where can we find you on social media and your other projects? You can find just about everything I do on Twitter at Andrew B. Dice, and everything I write at Screen Rant. And don't worry, I've been getting a lot of emails. I am continuing to watch uh, Hallmark Countdown to Christmas movies, so just stand by. <laughs> When you say a lot of emails, do you mean that just a one email? Just over and over again. Just the a... <laughs> same person just sending the same email. It might be a glitch. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> anyway, follow the podcast on... Wait. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, plug yourself first. Oh, I have to plug myself when I want to. I'm Tatiana. Uh, you can find me at Marcella's Ear on Instagram and Twitter. And also uh, many various websites such as With an Accent, Marvel Report, Flash Podcast that hashtag show and maybe maybe at some point screen rant it could happen there you go uh, andrew that i think there's a note for you <laughs> no oh, it, was yeah. not for, it was not for andrew this is just pure pressure live that's true <laughs> I, I I just feel like she was like I feel like when she said it, I feel like I can literally see Ty's eyes just glaring at Andrew. No, no, yes or no not right at now. all. Yes or no, no, I wrote up. I I did a press junket for Screen Rant, so I'm just you know maybe they'll put it up and maybe they won't. That's why. <laughs> and Swar, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Swar C Walker. Um, you can find some of my writings on the But Why Though podcast website. Uh, you by the sometime this week after this podcast comes out, my Young Justice piece and why it's I think it has in general the best DC TV uh, storytelling should be up. And if you haven't watched Young Justice yet, it's all on the DC Universe app. It is one of my favorite shows of all time. It is, yes. you know, I, as much as I love the Flash, 
I'm sorry. I think like Young Justice takes the pinnacle for like DC TV generally. It's just like at a standard above like almost everything. Uh, and I'll add on to that. Please check out uh, the hashtag SWRepMatters on Twitter, which is a hashtag campaign. Some uh, friends and I started roughly a year ago or a little over a year ago to call for more diversity and inclusion in the Star Wars universe. And on Star Wars, who know? Like, by the way, I just want to say we've been waiting. Like, apparently, Lucasfilm employees were teasing something that was going to come out. We thought it might be an episode nine title, but we got nothing today because of actual technical difficulties. So I didn't know, like, what when you're hearing this podcast, we might have an episode nine title. We might have like just some book announcements. Like, I didn't know, but <laughs> what Star Wars like likes to keep us on our on our edge. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Star Wars Episode 9 called Star Wars It's Really 9. I no, I actually, I, no, I actually heard the title's called Return of the no, Baldo. No, I'm canceling that title. I saw that. You know what? And for a second, when I saw that you said that you knew the title was, I was like, oh my god, Swore got connections. And then I got it and I was like, oh god. <laughs> I was yeah. so and Yeah, and then, yes, and, then, and, then, and then Kathleen Kennedy y- yanked the, the rug out of his mouth because <laughs> that would have been the Biggest breach of NDA ever. Well I, th- well, I think like one author was actually like touting breaching an NDA or something. Like I don't know. I- I've said too much. Just yeah, go look yeah, at Swore. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah Swore. Yeah, you can find Swore now in court for. Uh, it's the uh, <laughs> no, it's, not me. The author. Uh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. You, Swore, you tweeted about it and you talked about it on this podcast. So You're taking everybody down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And suddenly I'm like that one friend I'm like, oh, I don't know her. I had nothing to do with it. Bye. <laughs> I'm a horrible human being. And you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Andrew You can find my writing at Fansite and at Hashtag Show. And I also run the Marvel Report. So if you love all things Marvel, check it out. Uh, and my team is actually current right now in, in LA for uh, the big Stanley tribute. Um, which you know is I know it's very bittersweet because you know we our legend Stanley you know is gone. But you know if you want to see some coverage from that, uh, we will have some things up later in the week. And also you can check out on Titans podcast. We're actually going to be well actually after right after we finish recording the podcast, podcast, I'll be jumping over to talk to my Titans podcast peeps. Uh, so, uh, we're gonna be covering Doom Patrol, which premieres on February 15th on DC Universe. Just claiming Warner Bros. did not pay me to say that. And uh, yes. so, yes, are you, are you excited for Doom Patrol? I'm uh, very. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, Andrew, you should, maybe we should try to have you on. Oh, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly excited to hear people talk about it, so I would end up being quiet. <laughs> oh. Was that was that you were saying? You know, if you and I don't have time for more podcasts, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, there's also that. Well, now I have Tatiana breathing down my neck. Uh, <laughs> I can. I really thought that was like when she said that it was a no for Andrew. <laughs> Why? Hire me. No. <laughs> yeah, you guys can't see in the in the chat right now. She's just posting like uh, gifts of people pulling their hair out, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and now she just sent a uh, now she just sent a gif of herself loading a gun. Oh, oh my, my god! god. She's all right, all right. Let's get let's let's simmer down now. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, check me out on Tiny's Podcast. We'll be back uh, this week as well. So, but you can find this podcast at theflashpodcast.com where you can get all the latest news and traders and information and that you need to know about the Flash TV show. You can check out Tiny's comic book reviews, um, including uh, Heroes in Crisis, uh, which is going to come to. And end very soon. We might, maybe we should do an episode once we, um, the whole, because I think they only have one more issue after issue five, and that's it. So we might, maybe we'll do something on that. And, uh, but yeah, check out theflashpark.com every week for your, for your weekly updates about the Flash. Yes, and you can also follow the Flash Podcast on social media by going to the Flash Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. In addition to that, you can subscribe to The Flash Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And on Apple Podcasts, we'd really, really appreciate it if you'd give us some five-star reviews and write a review of what you enjoy most about our show and The Flash TV show. And really, guys, those ratings and reviews really help us if you enjoy this show. It's a way of essentially sharing it with uh, the podcasting listening public. We get boosted in the rankings and more people will discover the show if they're fans of The Flash or they just got into The Flash. They need to discover The Flash podcast too. So give us us and them a hand and boost us up uh, with those stars and reviews. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Even if you complain about my extreme feminism – Please give it five stars. As long as you write, as long as you give it five stars, you can say anything you want. Um, This is a reference to what we got earlier, by the way. Yes. Yes. Um, You can also listen to the Flash podcast live on the Mix Radio Network on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern via the Mix, and that's two X's dot FM. You can follow the entire DCTV podcast network. Featuring epic podcasts for Arrow, The Flash, Gotham, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, aw, Black Lightning, classic DC TV shows, Krypton, Titans, and the upcoming Batwoman, Swamp Thing, and Stargirl shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at dctvpodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed. On Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And maybe eventually... uh. What is this Spotify podcasts? What's are, this happening? Tech news? We are eh? we are on Spotify. <laughs> we are on Spotify actually. Oh, perfect! Spotify podcasts, music and podcasts. <sighs> oh my god! Do that. Do the read of Mega Feed one more time. Mega Feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is why this is why I will always. Uh, you know, Yank and Morgan Glennon's chains from Super Bowl Radio. They were actually not doing the plugs anymore. They actually are now using. Actually, they okay, did. They, they, I guess they admitted that, yeah. that they defeated. Yeah, I mean, they, they they did a contest for listeners as who could do DC plugs. Uh, and they the ones they the one that they used last week, she was awesome. But at the same time, the re the re of Mega Feed. I mean, it wins it all. Plus, he's Canadian, so there's a bonus to that. So. Um. <laughs> oh my god! An automatic plus right there. We're, yeah, we're we're so whack. Uh, Swara, uh, finish us up. There are too many superhero shows. Generally, I love the ones that I watch, but there are too many. 
DCTV Podcast has its own Tee Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merchandise, click on the link in our show notes and get some awesome gear. And this also like helps us uh, with the show and the network and helping cover our fees and helping us continue to make these podcasts. So get some gear and help us uh, maintain this awesome network, which uh, doesn't have too many shows. Just I'll just say. <laughs> Does not have too many shows. You're throwing shade at me, boy? No, I'm throwing shade at Warner Brothers and the CW for making too many superhero shows. You know, it's not just CW anymore. You need to start blaming the I know, the I know. The, I, I know. Like, I'll say it for Marvel. I'll say it for... Like, I, I, I'm sure there are fans out there, but who is really interested... I don't know who is really interested in a uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision series. I mean, we'll see how that does on the Disney streaming service. I'm just like... Personally, why? I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead. And if you have any questions for us about The Flash, you can email us at theflashpodgb.com. And guys, remember, this Sunday, we're recording our 200th episode. So if you want to send us some thoughts and, you know, or, hey, even just questions like, you know, like MAAs, whatever, just email theflashpodgb.com or you can tweet at theflashpodgb.com or you can tweet us individually and we will, you know, like I said, we're, we're, this is going to be the biggest episode of probably the whole Five Pugs history. So, until we get to Crash on the Infinite Earths. So, just send us your stuff. We would love to hear from you guys. And, uh, you know, we don't ask for much. So, this is the one time we could, you know, we really, really want to hear from you. But, so, so just do it. When you hear this, just, you know, as soon as you do, you just, you know... Think about what the Flash Market means to you, your favorite moments, and what connects you to the Flash TV show, and just send it to us, and we'll read it on the 200th episode. But that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Flash Podcast. Uh, so look for the 200th episode to drop in your uh, your subscription box uh, very, you know, this week, uh, or even the big, at the beginning of next week, and then we will be back for uh, the next for the next episode of the Flash TV show. But until then, I'm Andy B. Tatiana. I'm Swart. And I'm Andrew. And we will see you next time on the Five Podcast. Mm-hmm.